Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome back to the Saturday show. Michelle Bogan here with the wheel because Jake Hatch is, I, he might be on a plane by now. Uh, he might be on the plane. He's hes on his way back to Salt Lake. Uh, he got to enjoy Big 12 Media Days for the first time with BYU. And so uh, it's just the girls. It's just the girls here. Uh, Sarah, I think I'm detecting the theme. It's girls. It's yes. Girls music. Yes. Girl music. Had a little Rihanna. I forget what some of the other one was. Uh, Pink. Pink, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Ah, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, fully loaded girl show, just talking some BYU football and Big 12 Media Day. Uh, if you missed anything, you can go back and listen to it. We had Jake Hatch on before he jumped on the plane uh, to just kind of give an overall feel for what it was like covering BYU at Big 12 Media Day. Uh, we replayed an interview that Jake did with uh, BYU athletic director Tom Homo. Of course, we did technical fouls. And now, you know what? We're going to jump into more interviews. Uh, this time, we're going to dip into some interviews that Hans Olsen and Alex Curie did for us. Uh, the first one is Keaton Slovis, BYU quarterback. Keaton Slovis, BYU's quarterback sitting in front of us here at Big 12 Media Days. And uh, we got to chat at the, at the golf tournament a, a couple of weeks ago. This is a lot different circumstance. Now we were talking about the feeling real part. Uh, this has been a long day for you guys. Lots of interviews, but you've done this before. How much has the experience of going to these other media days at other conferences kind of helped with coming in today and kind of being the uh, the veteran? It hasn't been too bad today. We haven't. Uh, I feel like I've, I had way more interviews the first time. Like this is at least more diverse interviews. So I'm getting different questions and stuff. I remember the first time being like, man, I've answered the same question a hundred times. Oh, but bet. It's, uh, this has been pretty enjoyable. We had a nice little break in the middle. I mean, and shoot, when you're sitting in this, for those who can't know, don't know, we're in ATT Stadium right now. Like This Massive. is way cooler than, say, in some hotel like uh, convention area. Than, That's exactly than, right. Yeah. This is a really cool place to have this vineyard or to have this event. Bring it into Jerry World and put it on the field, and you, you know you're st- right now. You're sitting on one of the Dallas Stars on a helmet. Yeah, uh, it's got to be. Do you ever? Do you look well, at you that? You got to go, respect the star. Don't, yeah. don't, don't desecrate the star no, while you you're can't. sitting there. I just missed it. Do you, look, do you look at helmet. that and go, I want to be on this field at some point? I want to be. I want to be in the league and and participating in this stadium and not just looking at it from a, a you know a, a college you know media day. Oh yeah, I think as a kid. Like, you always look at it, like, same way when you're in high school and you're, you go to college, for like, man, I want to be playing there someday. Um, 
Sure, I played at Miami last year, and that's at Hard Rock, and the Dolphins play there. I've seen the same thing. Like, man, I want to be back here, but with an NFL jersey on. So, yeah, you definitely kind of envision it, but um, yeah, it's pretty special. So, place Keaton, for sure. I, I'm the I'm the voice you hear. You just don't see me. I'm in Salt Lake. It's Scott Mitchell <laughs> here. Uh, real excited for you and what you have in front of you at BYU this year, and really wish you the best of luck. I'm curious, how do you uh, prepare? Like, because I played quarterback, and I know there's there's an there's an intellectual understanding of plays, and then there's just knowing it intuitively. So, how do you get to a point going into a place brand new, like you, and you have limited practice time? Like, like, where's the balance between too much offense, too little offense? How do you get yourself prepared? Because because you got to hit the round, ground running. You got one year, and you got to really make it happen. What are you doing to make that happen? No, that's a great question, and. I think the the beauty of it is is this isn't like I've run these plays for the first time ever. Um, it's a new offense. I have to learn it. But most of the plays I have a general understanding of going in. And it's more so understanding how does A-Rod want me to view or how does Coach Mitchell want me to run this. And most times it's pretty similar to the way I've been taught. But um, that I think is, is the harder thing is like getting on the same page with them. Like, okay, this is how the read is said to be on text, like in the textbook. But like, how do you really see it? Is this like really your first read? Or you're kind of just peeking at it, going to your, uh, like, are you really calling? Where you? Why are you calling this play? Are you calling it for this route? Or are you really looking to think this? Like, you ever completed this ball here? So I think all that stuff is kind of questions you ask. But um, there's a lot of mental reps, especially in the spring before you go into it. Of like, okay, this concept's called, and you kind of just run through in your head. You go through your script. Okay, this play's called. What's my read? What am I going through? Okay, if they do this, they bring this pressure. What's my hot answer? Um, I mean, if you know, you play quarterback, you know to some extent like the the way you go about it. But I think it's been a lot easier here than last year, just because I'm so much more familiar with this offense. And again, the the the, the decisions and the reads in this offense are so crystal clear. So I'm interested when you're standing in a huddle and you got a play call that comes in. What's the type of play call that comes in that you're like oh yeah baby that's it and what's the kind of play call that comes in that you're like can we get a can we change that up can we audible you sure that's what he sent that in yeah run play versus pass play is that what it is (laughs) (laughs) what is a run play yeah like like, ah whatever no but i mean there's certain pass plays you get and you're like oh yeah this is my my bread and butter this is my jam and uh there's other pass plays you're excited about like there's never a pass play i'm not excited about but like there's certain ones that are like okay it's third and ten you called it okay now I like I feel great about it. Whereas like the other ones where it's like all right second ten okay I feel solid about it. I know what to do. But like those are the those are the plays where you're like all right I'm ready to make a big play happen. With Fessy and, and Aaron Roderick kind of putting this passing game together in these calls, how many uh, are quick read options? How many do you have to read safety or you read a corner press and you have some type of route break into an option? Is that a lot? Is there a lot in the in where this the receivers option? have an option? Yeah. It's not as much as you think. Like. That's so all these air raid type concepts, like why cross? Like they're supposed to cross the field, but they can always change their angle and stuff. Like yeah. that's the thing that changes. Like it is receiver friendly. Whenever they come out of a sale, they can change their angles. But there's not a whole lot of true like we have our option routes and we have our choice routes. But those are probably it's probably like four concepts like that. There's not. It's not like it's pretty. Um, it's pretty ingrained into the route what they're going to do. They can always sit stuff down, but for the most part. Um, you know, it's pretty clear to me what they're going to do. Is that similar with your first years at USC? Yeah, honestly, at USC, I think they had more freedom to do whatever they wanted, which was which was good <laughs> at times and kind of scary at times too, because you're like, oh shoot, what's he doing? Or oh, I thought he was going to sit down. All right, I guess he's running. But uh, just drop back and throw the ball deep to Mike Michael Pittman. Yeah, just give him a chance. Just, just give him a chance. Do that three times against Utah. I don't know. That's a good idea. <laughs> not, that Scott, not that Scott remembers, right? <laughs> what do you do with the rest of your summer? Like, how, how do you how do you prepare? What 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 does it look like? like the rest of the summer for you 
preparation wise? Yeah, just what do you do? Do you do you take time off? Do you like what what are you doing to to kind of get ready for the season? Yeah, I think uh, like the two like there's a lot of I've been throwing with John Beck a ton. That's that's the one thing, hmm. uh, and I might have to go to California to do that. Sometimes he's in Utah, but I've been doing that a ton. I feel really good with him, and he just gets me dialed. This is the best I think. He's he said this is the best I've thrown. Um, you know, in the past couple of years with him. And so, like, he's helped me a ton get, get really comfortable. But then beyond that, like, um, we're talking about, I think a lot of it's really important to, like, just do stuff with the guys. You know, you don't get a lot of time during the season to go do stuff. For but, sure. Uh, we've been playing a lot of golf with teammates. We did, a, like, a retreat a couple of weeks ago down to St. George with all the skilled players. Um, I'm still trying to do a dinner or something with the linemen and, uh, when I get back. But Maybe I'll squeeze them in. Well, no, I probably need to squeeze them in a few more times because uh, they're the ones who, who keep me upright. But, uh, but yeah, that's to me that's the other stuff. And, obviously, like, you can watch film. You do, like, your uh, your rehab and stuff and strength and conditioning. But, like, to me, that's that's the bare minimum. I think that other stuff uh, kind of takes you to the next level. Uh, Keaton Slovis joining us here at Big 12 Media Days. I know that uh, you've, you've got a ton of interviews. You still – well, I mean, we're kind of wrapping the day up here, but it's been a long one for you, so we appreciate you taking some extra time. Uh, third team and – you know, having gone from USC to Pitt now to BYU, do you look at that? Do, do you think that people might short you and go, "It's his third team, man"? Like, uh, or do you think, or do you look at it like, "Now this is a massive opportunity for me because maybe people sort of put me at, uh, back of mind here because they're like, yeah, we don't know if we're going to see the freshman version of 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 Keaton Slovis versus uh, you know a guy that was in a Pitt offense that he didn't necessarily love." Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, I don't really like. I kind of love that. You know, like. I've, before I played at USC, I, like, no one thought I even would would be able to make it on the field, or better yet, they were questioning why I was even the backup of that team. So I love when when people kind of say that stuff about me. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter either. Uh, people, it's funny people always bring up the freshman year. Oh, you're so great, you're so great. I remember locking away from freshman year, being like, I didn't play perfect at all. I had great players around me. We threw the ball a ton, but like. I did some reckless stuff. I, there were a lot of balls I should have completed that I didn't. It was almost inflated <laughs> to this like thing that didn't really exist. And it was it was it was good quality play, but I kind of strive for something better. And unfortunately, I had injuries and stuff that didn't allow me to to really reach it the next year. But um, yeah, look. And then at the same point, to your, to answer your question fully, like I, that's what I'm so excited about. Like to me, this is the perfect opportunity. That's why I transferred in the first place. Is sure. like to to give myself the opportunity um, under my terms instead of. Uh, being somewhere where I wasn't really sure what the offense going to look like. Well, shoot, let's just go to play an offense that I want to play in, um, that I know what it's going to look like with the players I know that are going to be there. Funnest thing you've done in Provo? Funnest thing I've done in Provo. That's a great question. It happened in Salt Lake. Come on, I, I, I held it in thinking Salt Lake. through about a thousand of them. <laughs> well, funnest thing you've done in Provo happened in Salt Lake. <laughs> we, we've been golfing a lot, like too much probably. <laughs> like So the golf in Provo is great. It's pretty pretty cheap. I went golfing with John Beck in Park City the other day. Like that was incredible. That's not Provo, but not cheap. Um, like I said, it happened in Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. Like I don't really like. I don't think about. It. I don't really do a whole lot of things. I feel like I just go hang out with the guys, and that's my favorite thing about Provo is it's pretty low key, but like we get to do a ton of stuff uh, in the off season because guys are hanging around, and always willing to go do stuff. Do you feel like I know you've some people along? take you to Utah Lake? You go carp gigging if you want. <laughs> yeah, go catch some of those carp. Do you do you do you look at this and 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 say, you know what, this is kind of the – because it seems like you're having so much dang fun. Is this kind of the best team situation you've been in? You feel real comfortable with all these guys? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I've had, like, at USC, I had so many friends. At Pitt, there's still so many people at Pitt that, I, like, I really care about and I'm friends with. But, like, it's 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 weird. Like, to the level of, of this team, it's so unique. Like, I feel like I've said it 100 times a day, but there's like, a, there's, like, a certain, like, security with guys on our team 
that they're willing to go up and talk to you and not hold anything back. And I feel like most locker rooms that I've been in, guys are held back or, like, they try to put a wall up. And here it's like, no, like, this is who I am. This is who you are. I want to get to know you. All right, let's go do this. Let's go do this. And guys are always trying to go do something. We played, like, basketball all the time. We played golf all the time. We played in St. George. We played volleyball for, like, four hours just because we felt like it. Like, it's uh, – it's, you never know what you're going to get. Even guys trying to do karaoke and stuff like that. That's no football player on any other school I've been in would want to do karaoke. <laughs> and maybe that's the BYU thing that's, like, goofy. But I it's think a it's a BYU really cool. thing. Oh, yeah. quit it. <laughs> hey, when, when, when you committed to BYU, was BYU already a member of the Big 12? Uh, they were going, like, they were playing. They were, so they were that's what I'm saying. Yes, were they already yes. in the announcement? I knew they were going to be in the Big 12, yeah. If, if they weren't, if they were still independent or Mount West Conference, would that have made a difference for your decision? Uh, no, honestly, I don't think it would have. Wow. Um, and I shouldn't be saying that at Big 12 Media Day. But, um, but no, I, just because, like, Zach, like, again, I want to have a great year. Um, but, again, like, my own goal is to get drafted and have the best chance to, to have success at the next level. And to me, Zach and Jaron, um, you know, had the opportunity. And, you know, Zach played in a year where they didn't even really get to play the best teams that BYU usually plays. Sure. And Jaron got to play plenty of great teams in independence. So I think for me, it's more so about the situation. And then it was like, oh, you're going to be the Big 12 too. I was like, okay, so that's not even like a question mark, like about competition and stuff. Um, to me, is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keaton, we appreciate all the time that you've spent with us. And uh, I know it's a long day for you guys. Uh, we're really looking forward to the season, man. This is going to be a lot of fun, and it got kicked off in a really, really fun it's great way. Great to catch too. up with you. Yeah, no, I'm excited too. Thank you guys so much. Right, yeah, thank you, you Keaton. Okay, that's BYU quarterback Keaton Slovis. I loved him talking about how he's having fun. Like i I always feel so bad when guys have a hard time of it, and and things just don't go the way that they want it to. And it doesn't really matter where they're playing. Like it just makes a big difference, and. And so it's nice it's nice hearing that he's connected well with the coaching staff, the players there, he's making friends, he's going off and doing things might be weird dorky things. That's fine. Like I mean, sometimes that's half the fun is doing something that you're kind of like, "Oh, this is kind of lame." Yeah. But uh we're here. So I I liked hearing that. Yeah, he's fully embraced Provo and BYU, which can be kind of hard to do and to adjust right. to, but he sounds like he's really meshing well, so that's good to hear. Very good to hear. Well, now we're going to Flip sides, we're going to hear from someone on the defensive side of the ball. BYU linebacker Ben Water also sat down with Hans Olsen and Alex Curie this week to talk about the move to the Big 12. Big 12 media day. Big 12 media day right here, 97.5 DKSL Sports. Later in the day, you'll get uh, Hans and Scotty, of course, Jake and Ben uh, also walking up here. As soon as BYU brings people over to us, we just have them jump on. Ben Bywater, uh, linebacker for BYU, joining us here. Olympus product and... uh, I, 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 we asked uh, we asked Cody Epps about this, but was that your first private jet uh, yesterday? Um, if you say no, I'm going to be like I am. I'm going to be so, you, the way he said um. How many private jets is the Bywater family uh, getting on no, to? No, no, no. Have you seen it play? I know <laughs> it's, a, it's at least fifteen to twenty. He's getting flown, no, he's getting flown around, man. Fortunately, for, hey, you know it's all about who you know, right? It's all mm. about who you know. So I, I you know, my, off my own merit, that was my first private jet, you know. But <laughs> I do know some people in some high places. So I fortunately, that. I have been on one before. So, so uh, that was a, that must just be fun bringing five guys down, coach with you guys. Yeah. 
guys. And this whole experience, I think, kind of is a preview, right, of, of yeah. how big the Big 12 is. And it's been such a long time coming. It's one thing to talk about. It's another to actually see it happening, right? Yeah. No, it's been it's been great. I mean, from the jump, like, getting here was cool. And uh, today, I mean, I know you guys can't see it, but Dallas Cowboys Stadium is rocking. So it's been super cool. Yeah, what's it like to be sitting on a Dallas star right under you? I know. The, the end zone, they're in the end zone, man. I know. It's, I was just in the locker room, too. I was like, this is surreal. It's you got. I've done the tour here. You've got to do... The cheerleaders' locker room. Really? That's that's as I'm not kidding. It's better than the players' one. <laughs> like like bigger and nicer. Yes, well, it should be because they don't, they don't get the millions that each, they get to go. Home each to. cheerleader's photo is yeah. like three and a half feet tall next to their locker. Room. There, it's amazing. Just so they don't they, forget. They love that. Just so, <laughs> they love that. <laughs> so they don't forget where they're. Cowboy cheerleaders they invented cheerleading here, right here. Come no, on, yeah. they're they're about just as famous as the Cowboys. I know. Yeah, uh, Ben. Well, Ben, Ben, take us through this journey now. You got a defensive coordinator that's come in. He's kind of reorganizing this defense. I just want to know what's the the defensive transitional journey been like for you? Yeah, it's a great question. So obviously, we knew Jay Hill was getting the job in December, and so he comes in bringing a lot of energy from the jump. And uh, you know, he he set the expectations pretty quick as soon as he got in, just as far as what he wanted from us as a defense. And then the biggest thing I've seen is just a change in culture. Right, a change in belief. You see a lot of guys really competing, really giving it their all, and uh, that's been that's been cool because it's like, all right, hey, it's it's a fresh start, clean slate. You got to go earn your job, and so I've enjoyed seeing that. Obviously, I didn't play in the spring because of an injury, but I'm really excited. You know, in three weeks when uh, bullets are flying, uh, to you know do that myself. So it's coming quick. I'm excited. I love yeah. that term too, bullets flying out there. It is, man. You guys, I mean, there's so much expectation-wise, and we were just talking with Steve Sarkeesian, the head coach of Texas, and he goes, look, expectations and predictions are just those. They're not yeah. They're not anything else. But what kind of expectations do you guys have for yourselves going into year one? Yeah. No, we uh, – obviously, you're, you're going in with high expectations every year. You know what I'm saying? For us, it's new a new conference, new teams, new level of competition. But, you know, for us, it's, it's what can we control week to week. Obviously, you want to go out there and win every single game. You're going to go put your best foot forward out there every single week. But for us, it's staying healthy, going in healthy. You know, we're, we're training hard right now. we got a new strength staff, which I've loved. They've been great for us. And so going in August 1st, healthy. And then, uh, you know, Sam Houston game one, you got to be off to the races, rocking and rolling. So both you and Max Tooley sat out of spring. Yes, uh, sir. Did, did not practice. What, what have you been able to do, you and Max, been able to do to kind of maintain that seniority and some of that leadership? Do you do you yeah, get the great. team together? When you get in the weight room, do you guys kind of lead things? How do you continue that? Yeah, that's a great question, too. Obviously, it is tough. You're not out there running around with your guys. You know, it's hard to be just like – you know chirping and like be a leader from the back you know so Real tough. It, yeah it's tough doing that and, and i'm not naive to that at all so as as i've gotten healthy in april and i know max feels the same way it's been a lot easier to hey rally the troops a little bit boys let's do this let's do that and that so our the way our workouts are scheduled we run and then the defense has like an hour break you can go rehab you can watch film you can do whatever and then at nine we'll have our lift so during that hour us as backers we'll just try and go chip away you know Chip away at what we want to get done, perfect our craft a little bit, whether it's drops, whether we're, you know, working pass rush. So that's been good. And it's just really, I mean, for us, it's just letting the boys know you care about them. You know, that's my biggest thing is, you know, it's it's tough to follow somebody in a battle that, you know, you don't feel like they love you. So, you for know, me, I, that's my biggest goal. I think about kind of your journey, too. When you when you started playing, you come in off of another guy getting injured, and yeah. then you turn into one of these guys that has become one of these defensive superstars, linebackers. This linebacking core is – 
insane. What's it been like with Coach Enna? Just, I mean, all this new coaching staff is obviously on the defensive side. Is that it's new, but these guys know what they're doing. How's it been with with Coach Justin Enna so far in that linebacker room? Yeah, Coach Enna is is a rock star in his own in his own realm. He's uh, one of those guys. He's credentialed. He's a professional. Takes care of his business. And uh, you know, I what I look for the most too is like he's he's done it before. You know, you you look at his track record, where he's been, what he's done, impressive. And he's a he's a guy that he'll get the best out of you, whether you like it or not. So. That's what I'm excited for, you know, getting getting coached hard, you know, that, that, that tough coaching, you need that, right, especially at linebacker. So sure. he's one of those guys that I'm extremely excited to play for, and, and you know, hopefully I can, I can, you know, put my best foot forward come August 1st too, and we can, you know, have a great relationship this fall. And, and he's, he's one of those guys, though, that you want on your coaching staff and, and in your locker room. I put myself back in your shoes a little bit and go back to my playing days and when we had coaches that had time in the NFL and especially at that position. Yeah. It always piqued my interest a little bit more. You talked about his resume, the fact that he played in the league and the yes. fact that he's been around in different uh, college programs coaching. Does that add to credibility for coaches? 100%. 100%. How, how much more does that add? Well, for me, it's like, hey, like I, I always love just being like, hey, what, what, is that what you played when you were on the Eagles, right? How was it for you? Yeah. You go see, and especially for him, right, when he was at Utah, he had a bunch of backers that are now in the NFL. And so it's like, hey, what did those guys do? How can I be like them, right? What did, what was their blueprint? What can I follow, right? Anytime you can gain a little edge, something like that, I well, think it's valuable. It's, it's, I'm always curious in that because I actually had a coach in the NFL that never played a down of football. Yeah. And it was it, – it's just a complete opposite. Now, in the NFL, I'm making money, and I'm like, yeah, I'll do whatever you need me to do. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't care who you are or where you're from. But he didn't play a lick of football. So every time he would make a suggestion, it's like, do you even – know what you're talking yeah, about. Like, yeah, you know, I know. So, I agree. And, and, and I look at that whole staff with Papinga and Paua and, and all the way to Jan Jorgensen and all those guys across the board. These are big-time gunners. Yes. No, I agree. And that's the thing. Like, you want to follow a guy who's done it before, who knows what it takes. It's like perfect. Like, show me the way. Let's go. Let's go do it together. So, our whole staff is, is in my opinion, locked and loaded. I'm excited. Well, it's got to be electric. I, I know. I, I played with a lot of those guys, yeah. and and I know a lot of those guys. And you know, Alex, they they have high energy. Oh, you think? <laughs> oh, dude, it's so funny. Like, so, they'll be they'll be like a play will be made. They're all like running out on the floor. Okay, like, yeah. it's so, like they're trying to hold them back. I on played the with Justin. Let me just tell you, that was a treat. Yeah. Playing with Coach Anna was a treat. Did you, you know go what I'm the, talking about? Did you play with or did you play in that media golf tournament a couple weeks ago? I did. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was. I think Anna, Coach Anna, won like you know closest to the pin or something like that. You may as well have given him a freaking Oscar. <laughs> and the best part was, is the other coaches who were like. They're, they're, you know, they're going, oh, they're, they're, they're going nuts for this, like, yeah. and they didn't even have a prize. You can't, they, they can't give them prizes or whatever. They didn't have anything for them, <laughs> and so Kalani gives him the little post that is worthless to, that you stick in the ground, and you put your name on, yeah. and, and is holding it up like it's a, like it's a WWE belt. And I went, this is, this is a, this is a freaking group right oh, here. So and he's got that, he's got that stash right now too. Oh, it dangerous. is, uh, it's dialed up. I can't, I can't even tell you, man. I can't even tell you how fun that group. I played with Kalani, played with. Aaron Roderick. Cool. So I was in that group, yeah. and I can't even tell you 
as as coaches, they're one thing. As players, every one of them were just electric personalities. Yeah. yeah. High energy, always positive. I was the class clown, so I'd be in the locker room goofing around, and Kalani come by and be like, come on, man. <laughs> Justin Anna. Justin's got his head. He's bashing it against the locker, looking at me. If I hear you one more time, I'll rip your You know, they're just – I see the group that you guys have, and I just got to tell you, man, they – as players, yeah. they were even more electric than they got to be as coaches because it, it's a fun group. I, I'm excited for the transition. What do you think about this schedule? You know, I know you got Sam Houston, you got SU, but you get right into Arkansas, yeah. and then you got Kansas, and then you, you move on down the Big 12 line. Do you look at that and think, oh, this is a great opportunity for me? Or how do you look at that? Yeah. No, for me, I, there's two, two ways I look at it. It's one, I got to be professional, taking care of the body, right? You got to be recovering gotta be healthy week after year. week, right? Like those big games, you don't realize how, like, your body's really kind of out of commission until Tuesday of the next week. So, got to be dialed in with your eating, your nutrition, your recovery. So, like, that's something I'm really focusing on. And then, two, great opportunity for us to just go out there and put great film on tape, right? Us as players, you know, obviously you want to go get W's. That's, that's goal number one. But at the same time, like, you're going against elite-level competition. You go showcase what you're all about, what you've worked hard for. And, you know, it's time, it's time for the disrespect, you know, to you know, maybe, maybe, maybe cool down a little bit, right? So it's like go, go prove some people wrong and, you know, go excel in the Big 12 is what we're looking for. That's great. Uh, we talked with Harrison Taggart when he first signed that, that first day that he uh, transferred in from Oregon. Yeah. Obviously, A.J. Von Pachon is going to be – I mean, what do those guys bring to the room too? Because it's already a deep group, but you have to be deep in this conference. You have to be. You have to be. You have to be. So, what what have those guys been like? Kind of just getting them added in here because they both come with a little bit of hype too. Yeah. No. So I haven't met Harrison yet because he hasn't been with us until until June. But right. extremely excited to meet him. I know he's at Oregon last year. Uh, AJ Vonkpachong, stud. I got nothing but good things to say about him. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed him coming in, putting his head down, working hard. So that's a guy, too. I feel like he's a seasoned professional. Um, and then as far as just the other guys, we got a lot of young bucks in there that really can excel. I'm excited to see the Kafusi brothers. You got Micah. You got Ace. got Isaiah Glasker. You got a bunch of other guys. I love Lucky you can't go a year. You can't go a year without having a Kafusi on the roster. Oh, you on can't. The roster you know, it, it, a, a year without a Kafusi is, is, is not the same. So love those boys. They bring great energy. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for uh, for me and Max, too, as well, coming back. Uh, coming off yeah, you guys are okay. Tough, so. <laughs> it'll, be, uh, it'll be fun, man. I'm really excited to yeah. see how it all you know, pans out. Uh, Coach, how's Ben Bywater as a, uh, as a guy in the locker room? Is he kind of a low-energy dude, or what, how do you get going with this guy? <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm nervous here. I'm nervous. That's my guy. Yes. And it's not it's just because he's standing right here. But he, he knows how I feel about him. He knows I love him. So that's, that's – uh, I was, just, I was just spilling the goods with him uh, back in the playing days, what you and Justin Inna were like, just team leaders, serious, high-energy motivation, and constantly telling me to quit goofing around. And <laughs> I said, man, these guys bring the energy. That coaching staff, that coaching yeah. room has to be a blast, Coach. It's so much fun. And, and, and then we get to coach wonderful kids. And so I, I'm, I'm, uh, man, I'm lucky to be here. And so I'm, I'm, I'm living every day with so much gratitude and appreciation and yeah, so it's hard not to have a lot of energy and get excited. So when Ben asks me to dance, I'm going to do it, man. It's not because <laughs> hey, I'm a good dancer. It's because Ben asked. Hey, Ben, uh, thanks for sitting yeah. in. We'll let you go. Absolutely, boy. I know you thank got some you other so things, and, and we'll move this over to Coach. Appreciate you guys. Yep. Thank you. 
All right, that was Ben Bywater, BYU linebacker. We got to jump to a quick break. On the other side, we will break down what Ben had to say as well as jump into what the man with the plan, Kalani Sataki, BYU head coach, has to say. You are listening to The Saturday Show on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Back at it on the Saturday show on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Jake Hatch is on his way back from Texas, and Sarah and I are holding down the house in an all-girls episode focused on BYU and the Big 12. Uh, we heard on the other side Ben Bywater, BYU linebacker. I don't know what part of that interview I actually liked more, what Ben had to say, because, I mean, very well-spoken, I think smart, presented himself very well, I think clearly a leader on that BYU team or was it Hans's like reflections on playing with all the current coaches I I there was a part of me that was like oh man I love the nostalgia of that yeah it was funny I feel like Hans has to squeeze that in to an interview or two every once in a while you know and that's okay like that to be honest, that's kind of how all of us ultimately somehow get into this business, right? So for some people, it's they played, and so they know everybody. Uh, for for someone like me, it was a chance meeting in college uh, with a with one of the football players that was on the Sugar Bowl team that kind of really got me going. Hey, like I I don't know, it might be kind of fun to do that. So we all kind of have our like things that like make us nostalgia nostalgic and feel oh, yeah. good about you know and it was a good thing like hans has such a good relationship with all those guys because it really helped when they were running around trying to grab interviews at big 12 media day oh, 1000 so. percent. and honestly hans is such a wealth of knowledge and his ability i think to connect with and build relationships with everyone i know he's very well connected you know with the people up at utah and obviously you know it helps that the Whittinghams actually have a BYU connection. Uh, but, I mean, he's just such a friendly guy that it's, like, hard not to want to sit there and just chat with him. Yeah, so, for sure. So he he's definitely a friend maker there. I'm I'm excited for him I, that he's so excited about this move and, and all of his, you know, friends that he played with, getting to watch them try, try and figure this new piece of the puzzle out and speaking of one of Hans's friends uh you know we have to we have to talk about head BYU coach Kalani Sataki 
Coach Kalani Satake, yeah, that's head, the key. head football coach of uh, of the BYU Cougars. Coach, uh, thanks for doing all this, man. You guys came down. Your players are throwing around the word PJ now, like it's uh, the private jet is like. <laughs> They're acting like that's the new uh, the new thing. I saw those media. I went, oh my goodness, they're in the big yeah. time now. That was, that must have been fun for those kids, though. My heavens. Yeah, I mean it's fun for me. It's like <laughs> yeah. I don't get to travel like that, guy, So Kid I don't know what ground. everyone thinks, but it's like, yeah, that, that's not. Why my are you life. winking? <laughs> that's not my lifestyle either. But yeah, it, it's very convenient and helps, especially when you're uh, taking a small group like we did, bring it and bring them here to. To Texas. That's so awesome for those so guys. What's it like? Uh, you know, Big Twelve Media Day. You, you're you're part of the show. You're part of a conference, and you've yeah, been doing this, this in is, Independence for a while. Yeah, but I, I. So this is my first media day, really, being part of a conference. You know, and, and as head coach, I've been going to my eighth year as head coach, but first media day, really. Yeah. You know, and and uh, so Keaton's got all the experience. I'm asking him, hey, yeah. so what to expect? <laughs> you know, and he's just like, oh, coach, he's 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 cool right Old now. Hat he's just, right now, yeah, yeah it's him. not even a big deal for him. <laughs> How do I handle myself in these yes. media days? And I'm like, what do I do? Do they want me to joke around, or do they want me to just be serious? You know. And- well, at some point, you know, halfway through the day, you go, "Oh boy, that same question again." So I'm, we're always glad when these guys come in, when you guys come in, kind of early on, because then we get to ask those annoying yeah. questions. The brave. I don't mind, it. I, don't uh, mind I, it. I think first things first. We actually talked with Coach Holgerson for a good 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, Dana's awesome, and but he loves you. Yeah, absolutely loves yeah. you. Got to talk with uh, Steve, Steve Sarkeesian for a bit, and and both of them just absolutely love you but uh dana hogerson was talking about hey you know we've known for a bit uh this wasn't like when i was with west virginia and moved out of big east and into the big 12 and we had about a six-month period said we've known for a bit does that help at least to know that you guys have had some time and some knowledge that you're going to be jumping into this thing It, it does help um it helps now that we're here because i hate to get asked about it Two, for the last two years, <laughs> it's like everybody's like, "Hey, Big Twelve, my guys." That's 2023. Yeah, now, but we're here now. Now that we're here, it's yeah. like finally we talk about it, you know. And 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 I think staying focused on the on this was was difficult to do for the last two years, you know. And and, and last year it was like, "Hey, let's just do this right for the seniors and the guys that aren't gonna, aren't going to be playing in the Big 12. And um, but that's that's really hard to do, especially for this generation and, and even for myself. So now that we're here. Away we go, and let's let's have fun with it. What's it been like now that you're kind of uh, rubbing shoulders with all the head coaches in this conference? And obviously, you're speaking with Sark and, and Coach Holgerson. Those guys know what BYU is. He's talking about uh, Holgerson was talking about that trip that he took with Mike Leach. They hung out with Norm Chow, watched mm-hmm. tape. You know, you, yeah. you imagine that room of guys like offensive brains just. I mean, just breaking it up there in Provo. And he goes, we went there, we broke it all down with Coach Chow, and then we went up and we and we skied at Park City. And I thought, these guys know what the BYU brand is. It seems like all these guys do. And, and I mean, some guys are historians, but what is the vibe of BYU going into the conference now, according to kind of how you've been chatting with some of these guys you've interacted with already? It's been really nice because, uh, you know, I, I grew up BYU. And so um, I grew up as a fan, then I got to play for Lavelle, and now I'm the head coach. And so I think you kind of get caught up in 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 your own um, in your own bubble of, of of the fan base and everything. But then you realize that, uh, and being here, I've known that for a long time that people know our our program and know our brand and respect it. But now being here, it's it's pretty obvious that 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 it's been, and it's just not just the media people. It's it's people that we we see in. I, I was in New York City. Um, you know, a week ago, and people are just walking up to me 
and and saying, hey, yeah, we, we love following BYU football. And it's like, okay, this is great. This that the brand is not. It's 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 definitely national, but it's also global. You know, where where people know the brand, they know the logo, and uh, I think the 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 platform of being in the Big Twelve now gives us more opportunities to to expand the brand and and to highlight what's great about this this brand, and that's the fan base. I've, I've been saying that all day that. The fan base has always been big time. They've always been P5. Yeah. And now we're, we're giving them what, what they deserve, and, and I'm excited to, for everyone to meet our fans. Well, Coach, thanks. We appreciate you hanging out with us for a bit. You've got a million things. Don't get jilted on us. Just relax. Enjoy the day. Because yeah. by the time the Pac-12 media coaches would get through, they just look at you like, this is the fifth, eighth no. Salt Lake City media that we've talked I to. I know. Listen. I love talking to you guys. I appreciate what you guys do for for sports, especially in Utah. And so I'm never going to be, I'm never going to big time you. Come on, guys. We love you, Coach. Be safe and uh, enjoy your time. Appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. All right. That was head BYU football coach Kalani Sataki. What a great guy. Like, I I miss having him at Utah because he was always just so nice. Just nice, gives you his time, chill, funny, um, just such a great guy. I'm so happy to see him having success down at BYU. Uh, I'm excited for A-Rod and Jay Hill, too. It's actually a pretty big year for those guys because not only are they making this jump to the Big 12 with BYU and taking on that adventure again for a second time in their careers, uh, but they're also getting recognized for their efforts up at Utah this year. Uh, the 2008 Sugar Bowl team, well, 2008-2009 undefeated Sugar Bowl team is getting inducted into the Crimson Call. Crimson Club Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, those three were a big part of of that year and and of that success as well. So big kudos, you know, to all three of them and just best wishes uh, on this new adventure. It's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I'm excited. And it's good. It's comforting to know that they've they've done this before. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's a little different. Um, different conference, different time period, but like they have some experience. They're veterans, so that's a little comforting. At least they, you have that under your belt going into this. Yeah, it, I, I think it will absolutely be helpful having at least some kind of knowledge to draw upon. Again, I think as Tom Homo said earlier uh, in our show that you know you have to be ready and willing to pivot and. And whatnot, but at least you have some idea of where you're going. Whereas, you know, I mean, Utah, TCU, and even the other three schools that are are heading into the Big Twelve with BYU, you know, the they kind of went into it a little bit blind. Uh, no, nobody's ever had some experience moving a non P five school into a P five conference. BYU is the only team that can say that. So um, that should be helpful. Again, there there's always going to be something that comes up that you don't necessarily know, you aren't necessarily planning for. You're going to have to pivot, but but at least there's some knowledge there, and and that is a little bit different compared to some of the other schools we have and will see. Uh, continue to make those jumps. Uh, anything else, Sarah, that kind of jumped out at you from Sataki's uh, interview with Hans? Not, not anything crazy. I feel like they're just they're already have a good relationship, so it's just fun they're to just hear them buddies. interact. But I was going to say Ben Bywater. I thought it was interesting that he 
talked and emphasized like recovery after mm-hmm. games. Yes. Um, because that's going to be that's something that BYU football has had problems with in the past right. is keeping people healthy. And so it's good to know that he's aware of that and p- planning to make that a priority. And hopefully more of them are doing that as well, because it's it's a big conference. You're playing a lot of, against some big guys. So there's bound to be some bruises and bangs and hopefully no crazy injuries, but it's good to know that he has that on his radar. You know, and I think that's maybe another thing that Sataki and crew uh, have been able to emphasize a little bit more uh, in this transition. I think that was something that Utah kind of struggled with because they would go so hard during practices and they'd go so hard during lifts and then they'd go so hard during games. And then by the time October, November rolled around, there was nothing left in the tank. Uh, so I think that was a big adjustment that Utah actually had to make uh, is figuring out how to still put in the work, but maybe ease back just enough so that there is that recovery time so that you're still fresh-ish come <laughs> come when uh, you're wrapping things up. Uh, that, that was actually something that kind of struck me. The other funny thing before we head into our last break, the private jet. I like... <laughs> I love that they were so excited about this private jet. I've never been on a small private jet. Uh, when I worked with the Salt Lake Stallions, we would charter flights. And so it was private in that sense. But obviously, it was big enough to carry a whole team. And there was this one time because of the how the payments were that, I mean, we had this massive jumbo. Like, it was way too, it had way more seats than we needed. Like, almost military big. Yeah. It, uh, it, we rolled up to that thing. I was like, are you kidding me? But yeah, it was, it was, apparently it was a miracle that we got that plane because, uh, people were not paying certain bills. And so we did not have a plane. So that's what they got for us, like last minute. It was kind of funny. I think that was our trip to Birmingham, actually, early on in that season. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> No, I think it's funny, but also it's like it's a good indicator to the to the players and to the coaches like, hey, we made it mm-hmm. like this is that's, this is where that's we're what at. you get to do. So. Now. You get you get to charter flights and and kind of it's not it's not going to be this rinky dink. Yeah. Live a little more lavish. Yeah. Um, and, and you'll see BYU fans, you will start seeing the fruits of those labors popping up on campus. The buildings will all of a sudden start getting newer and not just athletic facilities but like actual academic yeah. building like I think they're already doing construct like they tore down a one of the big buildings in the middle of campus earlier this summer that would not shock so me. they're renovating Tom talked about how they're renovating the stadium facilities so it's coming yeah there are big changes on the way for BYU so excited to watch it We're going to take one last break before we wrap up the show. You are listening to The Saturday Show on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Oh my goodness, guys. What a show. We we are back at it on the Saturday show on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, wrapping things up. It's been a very BYU Big 12 heavy show 
to my Utah fans and followers that follow me for Utah news, don't you worry. Next week, it's going to be all about the Utes and the Pac-12. You will get your turn. I promise you I have not switched sides. In fact, I just took a funny picture throwing up the Shaka with my, I have my, uh, I'm wearing my Rose Bowl hat. So we are still repping the Utes. We'll also repping the Y. Um, you know, Sarah, you have an interesting perspective here. Oh, well, and actually, this is an interesting thing, too. Sarah and I are basically wearing the same thing. So you can't see us right now. But there is a uniform today in the yes. studio. Not planned, either. Not planned. No, we did not talk to each other about this. Uh, but, Sarah, you have an interesting perspective because you graduated from BYU. You also do work for the Pac-12. So you're kind of familiar with Utah and, and that side of things as well. You know, this is a big college football season for this state. What what yeah. are your thoughts, you know, because you kind of have interest in both sides. For sure. My boyfriend also played at BYU or at Utah. Right, so. right, right. Yeah, I so remember got lots that. of ties. But um, I, I think it's going to be fun for both schools. I definitely see Utah maybe having more success than BYU just because they're it's kind of business as usual for them where mm-hmm. as BYU, this is a whole new Whole new world, as you could say, for them. So I think it's going to be exciting. And I'm excited just to, I'm excited for football to be back, honestly, because I am a big college football girl. So I'm excited for the season to start and for Saturdays to be full of football. Yeah, no, I I am so with you. I am a college football girl at heart myself. So I'm excited to get back into that grind, having that kind of be the main thing that we talk about. Uh, it, it's just it's what I grew up on. It's it's what I look forward to the most. And and granted, obviously, I've added other things to my plate that I'm like, yeah, like I like that, too. Uh, but but this goes back to my roots. And it's. I, I've said this a lot in the past, but f- college football really has been shaped by the state of Utah. We we got the BCS because of what BYU accomplished in the 80s. That got torn down because of what Utah accomplished in the early thousands. And now we're into this college football playoff segment. And now we have two schools and two Power Five conferences that are going to be you know, show showcased on a bigger and more national level. Obviously, Utah is a little more established in that effort. BYU has a little work to do, um, but I have full confidence that at some point they will they will get where they want to be, and that could make for some very very exciting times in the fall in this state. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, well, stay tuned, guys. Uh, that will do it for Sarah and I. I will be out next week in Las Vegas covering the Utes at Pac-12 Media Days. Thank you so much for listening to the Saturday show on KSL Sports. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.